Good morning. As we talk about the ups and downs of life, today we're going to look at success. And success is, sometimes a lot of great things happen with success. We can have a lot of fun with success. When we're on the mountaintop experience, it can be a great, great time. We can really enjoy that. We really embrace those mountaintop experiences. When God is good and things are going well for us, we can be really happy. But there's a lot of times we handle success in the wrong way. When good things come our way, sometimes we don't always handle it the best way or the way that God would really want us to. And that's what we're talking about today. Uh, before we move on to anything else, I wanted to bring out some trophies. Now, these aren't my trophies. I had to ask to borrow some because I don't have trophies like this. Here's a baseball trophy. This is actually uh, Randy Elder's uh, trophies. So there's baseball. There's a soccer trophy. Whoop, getting, getting tied up there. So we've got soccer and we've got baseball. So we've got all these trophies. And a lot of times we work to get these trophies, and we want these trophies to have success. And a lot of the times we collect these. And actually, I, I do have a little plaque that I got when I was a youth pastor at, at, at Calvary Memorial Church. It says, the, greatest, the world's greatest youth pastor. I'm sure I'm the only one that got one of those, right? <laughs> oh, don't tell me. It crushed me. But anyhow... Uh, you know, a lot of times we enjoy those moments when we win. With the undefeated season or something we accomplished, and we can enjoy those moments of accomplishment, of doing something well. And we do have times of success, and we should enjoy those. But again, we need to handle it in the right way. Uh, uh, this week, uh, of course, Pastor Mark was talking about geese last week, if you remember towards the end of his message. And so Matt Ball thought it would be funny just to send me this picture, and this is what he sent me. He said, geese ready to honk. He's ready to honk. So if you remember, he was, Pastor Mark was talking about geese and, and talking about the fact that uh, he, was, he was going to honk, and Matt's saying, hey, I'll honk. So he's wearing those geese hats or whatever. Is that what they are? I don't even know if that's really what they are for sure. But let's get into the message. Here's Genesis chapter 37. Verse 1. So Genesis chapter 37, verse 1, it says this. Jacob lived in the land where his father had stayed, the land of Canaan. This is the account of Jacob's family line. Joseph, a young man of 17, was tending the flocks with his brothers and the son of Bilhah and the sons of Zilphah, his father's wives, and he brought their father a bad report about them. Here's the interesting story. We're going to be diving over the next few weeks into Joseph's story here in Genesis. But I, I, I sometimes glance over these. Sometimes we rush and read. But did you catch the part where he gave a bad report about them? So he was hanging out with his brothers and some other people. And they, he was giving a bad report to his father about them. This is kind of like your classic thing of tattletale, right? This is just somebody telling on other people and saying, oh, look at what they did. And that's the thing that I want to share this morning is, 
is sometimes when we have that attitude of being a tattletale, we're not, probably the proper way he should have handled it was to talk to his brothers and say, hey, you shouldn't be doing this. There's no, nothing to tell us that, that he actually went and confronted his brothers on the action that they took or what they did wrong. We don't know what they did wrong, but it was a bad report. Some translations say that he was talking about their behavior being wrong and he was telling, on his, dad, telling his dad about what they did that was wrong. And sometimes when we have success, we start thinking that we can be better than somebody else. And sometimes we want to kind of just make sure that people understand that we're better than that. And we want to let our father know, hey, look, look, I'm not the one that did this. They did it. And I want you to know I'm a good son. I'm better than them, right? And sometimes with success, we can start having that mentality that we're better than somebody else. And we're not. So my first thing that I want to share with you to do the wrong way is that we can have this attitude that we're better than somebody else. And that is not true. It's not true at all. We're not better than somebody else. The wrong way to handle success is to think that somehow you're better than somebody else when you're not. Success should not just be accompanied by your talent or your ability it shouldn't be just you thinking that you got to achieve something and so that you're better than everybody else around you. Like I said, we don't know the whole story of that, but it's interesting. And as you see, you start understanding why they became so jealous of Joseph's dream and his coat was because it started with things like this happening. Where Joseph started thinking he was a little bit better. He started telling on him. He wasn't really helping his brother succeed. He was more concerned about what his dad thought about him. And sometimes when we have success, we start having this little arrogance about us that we think we're better than somebody else. And that is definitely the wrong way to handle something good happening in our lives is to start thinking that somehow we're better than somebody else in that regard. Going down to verse 3, it says this, in Genesis chapter 37. Now Israel loved Joseph more than any of his other, other sons, because he had been born to him in his old age, and he made an ornament robe for him. When his brothers saw that their father loved him more than any of them, they hated him and could not speak a kind word to him. Wow, there's a major rift in this family, right? We're seeing a coat being given by the father, and you can tell that the relationship that the dad loves Joseph. He just loves him. And he puts this coat, and it doesn't help the relationship at all. And that's sometimes like we did with his trophies, is sometimes we can look and look and see, look at what I have here, and we can kind of get thinking inward focus, like look at what I've achieved, look at who I am. We can use that as a symbol to say, I'm, I'm good at this, I'm doing well. And the danger is, the danger is this. I don't think Joseph realized at this point that his brothers were having such hatred for him. He kind of, why didn't he see that? Why didn't he see that this tension was building between his, him and his brothers? And I think it was because Joseph had an inward focus. He was thinking inside himself and thinking about how well he was doing and how good he was and thinking about all the things that he wanted to do instead of thinking about his brothers at all. And so many times when we have good things happening for us and we have success, sometimes we get inward focus. I mean, I'm a Steeler fan, you know, so you know I, I followed that Antonio Brown story pretty well. 
and seeing him travel team to team, that's the danger when you have success to become inward focused and you start getting caught up in yourself instead of thinking about the overall team. And that's what happens. The danger of success is that we start thinking about ourselves and we become inward focused on that. And we don't know how to read people because we're not paying attention to the other people around us. We're just concentrated on us. Instead of thinking about how we're affecting people, how we can handle things better, how we can pay attention to other people out there, we become more self-driven, inward-focused, and we need to be outward-focused, and we'll talk more about that later. Rowing down to verse 5, Joseph had a dream, and when he told it to his brothers, they hated him all the more. He said to them, listen to this dream I had. We were binding sheaves of grain out in the field when suddenly my sheaf rose and stood upright while your sheaves gathered around mine and bowed down to it. Sometimes when we get trophies like these, we want to put them on our mantle place, right? We want to put them in a place where everybody can see it and everybody can can see what we've accomplished or what we've done. This was like Joseph. He had this great dream. It was given to him by God, and he's taking it, and he's not really approaching it in the right way with his brothers. He's not saying, hey, I'm kind of a little confused with this dream. I'm not sure what it's about. He's no. He's like, look, I have a dream. God's given me a dream, and I'm excited about it. And I want you to know God gave it to me, right? God gave me this dream. And sometimes we can be a little bit of a bragger and we can brag about the position that we have or what we've been given instead of realizing that there's a purpose to that. So when we deal with success, the wrong way to handle that is to brag about, to, to, to just make, I mean, I'm not saying you can't celebrate. I'm not saying you can't celebrate, but sometimes we use that as more importance than anything else. And we want people to be aware. It should be about how we handle ourselves to get to success. It shouldn't be just success in itself. It should be how we handled that success, how we grew in that success, instead of bragging and saying, look at me, look how good I am, look how great I am, look how fantastic I've done these things. Verse 9, it says this. Then he had another dream. And he told it to his brothers, listen, he said, I had another dream. And this time the sun and the moon and the 11 stars were bowing down to me. When he told his father, as well as his brothers, his father rebuked him and said, what is this dream you had? Will your mother and I and your brothers actually come down and bow to the ground before you? His brothers were jealous of him, but his father kept this in mind. Now, the other thing here is that a lot of times when we have success, we're more concerned about position that we have. We're concerned about what place we have in that success. I want to be the number one wide receiver. I want to be the number one quarterback. Or I want to be this. Or I want to be that. We're more concerned about position on our business and how well we've done or how, how, how nice our home is or how nice this is or that is. And we start thinking about our success that it's positional. That the position matters more than anything else about our success. That our position matters. Our stature or how we are or how, how people look at us. 
And that's what Joseph got fixated on. Every time he shared one of his dreams here in this story, he was sharing about where he was in relation to everybody else. He was sharing the the heart of the story that he wanted to get across to his brothers and to his mom and dad is this is where you were in the dream and this is where I was in the dream. And so many times we get focused on the wrong part of success by thinking it's a positional thing instead of realizing our success is there for a reason and a purpose and what God could do with that in our lives. Now we're going to move on a little further. We're going to look at Genesis chapter 42, verse 8 and 9. So if you want to move to there, I'll give you a little bit of time. Genesis chapter 42, and verses 8 through 9. And we're going to move in different chapters here. And hopefully we'll cover a majority of the story. But if you take time, now think about this before I move on to this part. Think about this for a second. Joseph was 17 years old when the story began with a dream. This story is taking place, and we're moved on to 22 years of life. And this is where Joseph is now, 22 years later. This is the thing about life, and this is why it's good to talk about Joseph with this story, because we're not just dealing with a one-year period. We're not dealing with just a a five-year period. We're not dealing with 10 years. We're dealing with a span of life that he had to go through all these difficulties and all these things to get to the place where he was this time, 22 years later. And so we're going to see a big change in from what he learned from 17 to what he's learned at 39 years old. That doesn't mean you can't be like that at 17. I want to tell you, anybody that's younger than 17 or at 17 or close to 17, I used to be here, but I'm way, I'm like way past here now. But, but anyhow... Just because you're 17 doesn't mean you can't learn from Joseph and do it the right way here at 17. But it does, it does make it a little bit harder because you don't have all the lifespan to learn and grow. You have to understand things right now and pay attention and listen to what God says about how to handle success. So how does Joseph change? How does he go through the period of, of doing things the wrong way with success and now finds himself in greater success now. He's got greater success now. He had success with his dad before at 17 years old. Now he has the greatest success he's ever had at 39 years old. And it says, although Joseph recognized his brothers, they did not recognize him. They re- then he remembered his dreams about them and said to them, you are spies. You have come to see where our land is unprotected. And I think this is interesting because the phrase that sticks out to me the most is when he says, then he remembered his dreams about them. So we're not, we're not privy to all the dreams that Joseph received about this whole situation. There may have been other dreams, or even we didn't get the full story of the first dream he had. We just got the positional part of the dream at 17. That's what he was excited about. That's what he was into at 17 years old. This is where I'm going to be. I'm going to be above all of you. But at some point, he had other parts of dreams that he knew what was going to happen. And what I love is that, you know, it seems kind of harsh because he's calling them spies. You're spies. But everything that's led up to this point, he knew because God had given them a dream to take the next step. And so he knew what was supposed to happen. 
He knew ahead of time, because God laid it out for him, what was going to occur. Because he remembered his dream. And he said to them, you are spies. And this was kind of a way that God was using this whole situation to bring his brothers to come live with him in Egypt. So the thing that I want to share, well, let's go ahead in the next one, verse 15, going in 42, chapter 42, verse 15. And this is how you will be tested. As surely as Pharaoh lives, you will not leave this place unless the youngest brother comes, to, comes here. And so here's the thing. Joseph knew this was a test for his brothers. This was a test for them to see how they were going to respond, how they were going to work. And this is the thing that we need to, to learn about our success. When we have success, we need to understand it's not just based on our talent. It's not just based on our skill. It's not just based on the work ethic that we had to get there. Like I was thinking about this morning, it's part our talent, it's part our, our skill, it's part our wisdom, but it's all God. It's all God. God is doing it all. And we need to have an understanding. It's not just me that caused me to have this platform or this place in my time of my life to speak for God or to do something for God. God has been doing the work all along. I just need to be where he's at and what he's doing in my life. And so having an understanding that it's not just your skill, it's not just your ability. Many athletes go to one team, have great success, and then switch teams thinking that their ability is going to carry weight and make them even better for the next team. But what happens? They just disappear. They just go away. I've seen many players do that. They're great on one team. They have success on this one team, and they choose to leave that team. And then you just never hear about them anymore, hardly. You gotta understand. You gotta have some understanding about you. It's not just you. It's not just your skill. It's not just your wisdom. It's not just the things that you possess or the things that you've worked hard on that success comes. It's God. And that's what Joseph understood when he remembered the dream. He was remembering the fact that God had laid all this out. God had placed this all in front of him. He knew what was going to happen next. Genesis chapter 42, verse 21. So we're moving down a little further. They said to one another, surely we are being punished because of our brother. We saw how distressed he was when he pleaded with, his, uh, with us for his life, but we did not listen. That's why this distress has come upon us. Reuben replied, didn't I tell you not to sin against the boy? But you would not listen. Now we must give an account for his blood. They did not recognize that Joseph could understand them since he was using an interpreter. I love this part. This part really speaks. Because you understand what's happening here? Is that they don't think, they're talking amongst themselves in front of Joseph because they think Joseph speaks Egyptian language. So they, they think that they're safe having a conversation in Hebrew because they don't think that he can understand them. So they're talking because the interpreter's there, and Joseph was relying on the interpreter part of the time, but he knew what they were saying. And yet Joseph is able to restrain himself because he knows what's supposed to happen. What a, what a powerful moment here in this story. And again, the point I want to make with this 
is that Joseph has all this power. He has all this capability to say, you guys go to prison. You're going to prison right now. You're going to go in a dungeon. You're going to live out your lives in a filthy pit. Or you're going to die right now. I'm going to take your life. What does Joseph do? He's listening. He's listening. In this, in this story, it moves him. It moves him. You know why? Because he's thinking outwardly now. He's not thinking about himself anymore. He's not thinking about who he is anymore. He's thinking about his brothers. He's understanding more about why they were so mad and angry, how they dealt with anguish after that moment when they put him in the pit, hearing the cries, saying, save my life, and how that's lived on these 22 years up until this point of hearing those cries have nightmares after nightmares of him crying out to them. He's understanding there's an outward focus here. He's thinking about them. He's not just thinking about himself anymore. The right way to handle success is not to be inward but outward. To think about, in a, in a great team, great teams are outward-focused players. Great teams have outward-focused players. They want to make everybody on the team better. They don't want to just make themselves better. They want to make the whole team better. And this is what Joseph understands. He understands that he needs to have an outward focus. There's more to this story than just him. There's more to this success that he's experienced in his life. This mountaintop experience is not just based on him. It's not just for him. It's not just about him. It's an outward focus that he needs to have. Now we're going to move to Genesis chapter 43. Genesis chapter 43, starting with verse 29. And he looked about and saw his brother Benjamin, his own mother's son, and he asked, Is this your youngest brother, the one you told me about? He said, God be gracious to you, my son. Deeply moved at this sight of his brother, Joseph hurried out and looked for a place to weep. He went into his private room and wept there. I'm sure there was a lot of feelings there for Joseph. See, this was his younger brother now that he never met. And thinking about being the youngest of the family, being outcast, being left for dead or sold into slavery, all those emotions coming to his mind, thinking about his father. Instead of bragging about his position And he could have said at any moment, here's who I am. I'm Joseph, and I am second in command of all of Egypt. I can do pretty much all that I want. He doesn't do that. He cares for his younger brother, Benjamin, and he thinks about his family. He walks in humility. And one of the things that we need to have when we have success, when we're on the mountaintop, is humility, to be humble, to realize that this is just a moment in our life. This isn't the end. I've achieved, but this is not the end. I've heard so many athletes talk about winning the Super Bowl and feeling so great in that moment of winning a championship, all that work, all those things that they did to win that championship, and then they'll be disappointed after that because what is next in their life? Their life started to feel empty because they were achieving for something that was just for a moment. 
And their success was a temporary. It didn't last. And that's the thing about life that we need to understand. This is a voyage that we're on that's going to be ups and downs of life. And that you're going to have those types times where you're on the mountaintop. And then you're going to have those times where you're in the valley. What kind of person are you going to be? What kind of person will you become in any of those circumstances? The best thing to do when you have success is to walk humbly. I love those athletes like a football player. When they score a touchdown, they hand the football off like they've been there before. Like, this isn't my first touchdown. Hopefully it won't be my last. But I'm going to go ahead and go back to work and start over again. Do we walk with humility or do we brag? When God does good things in our life, again, I think we can celebrate, but you know the difference between celebration for a little while and then you start bragging about it. You start putting all your trophies on the mantle. You want to make sure that people see that and all those things. You know what it is like to walk in humility because you're not thinking about yourself. You're thinking outwardly, of course, but you're also realizing that God's bigger than you, that God has a plan. That's what we'll talk about next. Genesis chapter 45, verse 3. Joseph said to his brothers, I am Joseph. Is my father still living? Let me stop there because it's so interesting, going back to the outward approach, that he asked this question repeatedly in the story is my father, well, he says, is your father still living? They don't realize Joseph is asking about his dad, but he's asking about his dad, and he's saying, is your father, is your father still alive? Many different times he says this. But he's asking the question now, as he reveals to his brother who he is, I am Joseph, is my father still living? But his brothers were not able to answer him because they were terrified of his presence. Think about that now. Now, now his, his brothers were, were scared and afraid before. They were in the presence of somebody that was great power, had all the resources. Think about it. Uh, Joseph had the keys to all the food that they could ever need because there was a great famine in the land and nobody had food. And think about this too. The success that Joseph had, the reason why the Egyptians became very wealthy people is because of Joseph. Because everything he collected was given to him because he knew the dream. In those seven years, he reaped the harvest and collected the harvest and stored it. And then in seven years of famine, people started selling everything to get the food because they were starving. And so at first, they would bring whatever they could to trade. Then they would bring their silver and they would trade that. Then they would sell their land. Then they would sell themselves. So this was a great success period for Egypt because they listened to Joseph and he was able to interpret a dream by Pharaoh. And so this was like the, the peak of Joseph's success in life. And what does he do? It's just amazing. This, this is just amazing. Verse four. Then Joseph said to his brothers, come close to me. When they had done so, he said, I am your brother Joseph. 
the one you sold into Egypt. And now, do not be distressed, do not be angry with yourselves for selling me here, because it was to save lives that God sent me ahead of you. For two years now, there has been a famine in the land, and for the next five years, there will be no plowing or reaping. But God sent me ahead of you to preserve you as a remnant on the earth and to save your lives by a great deliverance. See, one of the things that we do a lot of times is if we have something, God does something excited in our life, going back to the wrong way, we see it as position. Like, I have this position. I have this title now. I have this thing. I remember being at a small church on South Side, and I was thinking it the wrong way. My mom can attest to this. I was the youth leader, and I was doing things on Wednesday night, but they had this other title that was called the youth leader, and it was like taking care of all children's ministry and youth ministry in the church, and I kind of wanted that position. I wanted the title, and I thought if I had this title, it would make me more important, and I didn't get it, and I was a little disheartened by that. I was a little crushed by that, but see, it's never about getting a title. It's never, again, about being positional and thinking that whatever title you have matters because it doesn't. What matters is what you do with the success that you have to continue to make a difference in people's lives. He was being used by God to have a great deliverance of the people. He was there to save all the people of his people to come to Egypt. And he was sent ahead by God. He was accepting the fact that the reason the bad things happened in his life was because God had a greater purpose for it. That God had a greater purpose in the journey of his life to do something great to save lives. And this is an important thing for all of us to understand is that your success may be not just for you. It really, most of the time, it's not for you at all. What are you going to do with it? What's the purpose behind the dream? See, before Joseph was thinking about the position, now he understands the purpose of the dream. What do I do with my success? What do I do with the mountaintop experiences? How do I drive that forward to continue to make success, to continue to see good things happen? Do I do these things? As we recap, do I have an understanding of where God is in my life? Do I have an understanding of what God is trying to do with me? Am I judgmental against other people, or do I try to understand other people? Do I have an outward focus, or am I an inward-focused person? Because outward is going to make the biggest difference. Am I bragging? Am I putting myself up on a pedestal? Or I walk in humility, understanding that God is in charge. And I walk with that humility. And am I more concerned about position than I am about the purpose? The purpose is greater. If we want to save lives, if we want to make a difference in people's lives, we need to understand that there's a purpose there may be a purpose to my suffering. There may be a purpose to my pain. There may be a purpose to my failure. There may be a purpose in the disappointments I face along this path, the ups and downs of life. But know this, even in my success, even in the good times, those are great times. I love it. I mean, I've seen it. It's just amazing. Last year, you think about sports, and you may get tired of me talking about sports, and, and if you don't like that, that's okay. I'm sorry. But anyhow... I'm just kidding. But, but anyhow, the thing is, the thing that we need to remember is this. 
is that God can use things like this. God can use sports. God can use anything he wants. But how many, I mean, I love the Virginia basketball team. They lost the previous year the championship in the first round. NCAA tournament, first round, they're gone. Everybody talks about it. How devastating of a loss that occurred. And then this past year, they won the championship. The coach, Tony Bennett, all he can talk about is how Jesus, how God was with him through those difficult times and that difficult period. And it's great to hear a coach not just talk about the success that they had, but also the disappointment they faced and the failure. And then we saw the Philadelphia Eagles win. We saw the NCAA, uh, the coach uh, Sweeney uh, with Clemson share about his faith. I'm not saying that success always times is just a platform, but it is a platform for us to talk about Christ. It's also a platform when we're in the valley or when we're in the low points of our life. As I close this message, though, I want you to think about your success, what you're doing with your success, how you're treating the success you have. Are you allowing God to use the success you have to make a difference, to save lives, to make an impact? Joseph had every right, in my opinion, as a human being, to be really, really, really mad at his brothers. But he saw success as an opportunity with purpose to save many lives. He understood that God was bigger than his brothers. God was bigger than him. That God made it so that he would be in the position he was in. And it was God that could take it away and God that gave it but he understood that he was God's. He understood that when he was in the prison. He understood that when he was a slave. He knew that God was still with him. And that's the thing we need to know today, even in our success, that God wants to use that. As we have a song of invitation, I invite you to come. If you have a need, please feel free to come.